Hey everybody, Dr. Jack Chuang here. Yep, it's Black Friday, or for some people it's Buy Nothing Day. Buy Nothing Friday, so uh, which is it for you? Yeah, it's the year 2020, we're in a pandemic. I think we've switched a lot of our shopping habits to online. So Black Friday might be a little bit different. Hopefully you're not uh, lining up in front of a store, uh, fighting the crowds during the pandemic just to get that microwave for 15 bucks. Um, hope you're, and we are all smarter than that. Um, okay, so what's the point of today's podcast? I just felt the urge to record this, and I wrote up some simple notes um, right before I hit the button. Well, I want to talk to those who might be struggling financially, um, whether you're a student, also working, um, trying to make ends meet, struggling financially, and now we have the holiday season, which for many people is quite a struggle and a very stressful time. Not exactly the most joyous of seasons when there's so much cultural and social pressure as well as the marketing and advertising blitz to tell you that uh, you need to buy something for other people, right? Um, then you're watching commercials of how someone surprised someone with a brand new car with a bow on top, right? And uh, you're not, and you're just surviving month to month, paycheck to paycheck. Now I know that there are many people living paycheck to paycheck who it's not dependent necessarily on the amount of that paycheck, right? You could be working minimum wage and living paycheck to paycheck. You could be middle class, upper middle class, have a lot of bills to pay, right? Big mortgage, a lot of car payments and living paycheck to paycheck. So this is just about the psychology of money, psychology of why we spend more than we have and sometimes not making the best of decisions, okay? So one general theme that I talked about during the social psychology chapter lecture is that we tend to underestimate the power of the situation. And let me extend that to talk about how much we underestimate, how much we're influenced by advertising and marketing and the cultural, social norms of spending. Right. And you notice that companies are smart. They understand Freudian concepts of the id and the ego and the superego. If you don't believe me, think about how companies are making it so much easier, removing all the barriers for you to go from a thought, an intention, to the action of buying something, right? Ronnie Chang, if you look him up, um, the comedian, C-H-I-E-N-G, I believe. He does a great bit on his Netflix special. This is not a commercial for Netflix, even though I'm a member. About Amazon. And he's basically pointing out the immediate gratification nature of how Amazon went from, you know, free shipping to fast shipping to next day shipping to, in some cases, same day within a couple hours of shipping, right? And Ronnie Chang makes fun of that and 
and says that now they have a new one called Amazon Now. <laughs> he just puts out his hand. You think of something and it shows up in your hand. And if it's food, it goes straight to your mouth, right? Well, let me point out some other reasons why we spend, and some of these are obvious, obviously obvious. How about that phrase? We buy because we want to achieve status, right? I wonder if that's changed during the pandemic because normally conspicuous, conspicuous consumption is about buying something that others can see and admire, right? Well, we don't know if they're admiring, but we want to have that effect of wearing a new watch, wearing a new set of clothes, driving a new car, whatever it might be. But if we're not out and about and we're working from home like me, you know, there's really no point. Uh, I'm the only one admiring it, and that may not be enough, right? So that's to show off one's status is a typical reason to buy something. And we're talking about luxury items here, not going beyond the necessities. Um, Is to satisfy an urge, right? Um, It's to rationalize that uh, I work hard, therefore I need to be rewarded. I deserve this. Um... You know the old phrase to keep up with the Joneses? Well, I prefer to say we want to try to keep up with the Chens, trying to make it multicultural here, right? The average Chen might be making more money than the average Jones. I don't know. Um, But if you've been within an Asian American community, man, there's just an aspect of it that's very materialistic and so status-oriented. My father, I can say this because he never listens to my podcast. I don't think he knows I have a podcast. He is a, is a wonderful man, okay, first of all. Now I'm going to throw him under the bus. He still has this traditional mindset, and maybe not so traditional, of being so placing status at a high priority that whenever he hears of a one of his friends whose son or daughter went to an elite school or became a vice president of a company, that... He tends to brag about them a lot, you know, in with admiration. Oh, did I tell you that so-and-so son, uh, you know, they opened a bakery and uh, wrote a book and they, they beat Bobby Flay on TV, you know, whatever. So it's like, okay, okay, you know, I don't have anything against those second-generation successful Asian-Americans, obviously, but my dad sure admires them because they went to Harvard. Um, but oddly enough, um, most of his peers, when they see me, they're so glad that I'm able to keep my dad company because I have the flexibility in my work to stay at home for long periods at a time if I need to, or if, if, if I want to. And, uh, all those successful Harvard grads are too busy to even see their parents when they're ill, but... Go figure. They're a Harvard grad, right? So status is everything. Um, Maybe we buy things to relieve boredom, right? Um, To feel better. Get that high from buying something new to satisfy a void. It's all kind of merging together, similar. Um, But if you're struggling financially and living paycheck to paycheck, that kind of impulsive spending is not good for you, right? Um, 
and it's not good for anybody. It's not good for the economy. It's not good for you personally, for your financial future. If you don't have three to six months of a rainy day fund, right, in case you get laid off or something, or if there's an emergency, right? So it is true that, you know, so many people are just, you know, a layoff away from being homeless or cannot afford a $500 repair on their vehicle, right? And it's pretty obvious when you look around, you see a vehicle that has a part held together by duct tape, either that they're very wealthy and cheap, or that they actually are living paycheck to paycheck and they can't afford to get that part fixed, and they're just taping it together, right? Um, now, if you're doing well financially and you own stocks, and even during the pandemic, your nest egg is growing, and you're buying stuff online, you know, hey, you know, this this podcast is not for you, right? Yeah, you're helping the economy, you know, you're putting money into the system, you're helping another company's bottom line. So if you buy a new MacBook or you go to Costco and you subscribe to Netflix, and I personally thank you because I own those stocks too. So I'm glad that you're shopping. But for those of you who really don't need to be buying stuff, unnecessarily beyond the necessities and going into debt because of it, then there's a problem, right? Um, so how can we change this? How can we utilize Psychology 100, 101 here to make positive changes? Um, so let's look at it from different angles, from different theoretical perspectives. Um, how about learning theory and positive reinforcement, right? Can you think of what the positive reinforcements are for spending? They're pretty immediate, right? You get an immediate reward. The anticipation of the item arriving at your door, right? The doorbell ringing, you start to salivate. Oh, that's classical conditioning. And the excitement of opening a package, right? So each time you order online and get a package, it's like Christmas, isn't it? Like when we were kids, that's the only time when we used to open packages was when something uh, uh, appeared under the Christmas tree or for your birthday. But now is year round, right? You get, you're a Prime member. You got Amazon now, right? As Ronnie Chang would say. So it's pretty easy to see just using one psychological perspective of why we keep buying because it's very reinforcing, right? So what are the reinforcements for saving money? Um, anybody gonna pat you on the back for not spending fifty bucks today? For refraining from clicking buy when your cart was full of stuff at Best Buy? dot com right what are those reinforcements there are very few are you gaining anything do you gain a high from in inaction right we are reinforced for things we do we're rarely reinforced for things that we don't do yes yes there are negative reinforcements by avoiding things right but when it comes to saving money it's kind of difficult to feel a sense of accomplishment from not buying something, right? So the level of reward, if you had them side by side, you know, one is a shiny new phone, the other one is, uh, you know, an empty plate, right? Which one's more reinforcing? If we throw Sigmund Freud into the mix, how he would interpret our spending behavior, he would basically say, perhaps, that our id the part of our personality that seeks immediate gratification, right? That's the Ronnie Ching, Amazon now, right? 
is overpowering our ego that is meant to restrain our childlike impulses or our superego that tells us whether we're overspending and it's inappropriate and it's not good for us, right? Um, so we're basically like kids who are impulsive and we're not able to control those childhood impulses of, oh, it feels good. What about neuropsychology or biopsychology, right? Maybe we can say that we're getting a dopamine hit, like an addiction every time we buy something online. Every time we're shopping online, we'll get a notification from our phone saying that there's a Black Friday sale. Okay, so the more apps you have, the more these temptation opportunities create are created, right? Um, and there are a ton of shiny new toys to choose from. Even even vacuum cleaners apparently are a very popular item. And I recently bought a vacuum out of necessity. Right, I have to say that right. It wasn't just an impulse buy. And I got it on sale from Costco because I'm a Costco member and a stockholder. And damn, I've you know these vacuums are really cool. You know, they really satisfy the guy gadget nerd aspect, right? Like, no, it's not a Dyson, but it's a shark. But you know, it has that you know, uh, multiple attachments and all that. It's really kind of made to be gender neutral now. You know, it's not just the sort of the hotel cleaner person vacuum style. You know, of the old days. They really try to make them sexy. Damn you, engineers. All right, so that's the challenge, right? We have to overcome all this psychological advantage. And plus these uh, conglomerates, these big companies, have a lot of, you know, experts on their side to manipulate us, not just with software, but just the actual advertising message themselves and the applications on our phone. And what do we have to defend ourselves with? Just our three-pound mass of goo up there in our skull. And, you know, sadly to say, I must say that most of us are outgunned, okay? We are, we are not capable of defending ourselves from such an onslaught of social pressure and information, okay? And so we have to somehow create new ways of reinforcing, in other words, replace the fact that the act of buying is a reinforcement and replace that instead of with a void but with something else that's also reinforcing okay and that's the real challenge there is how do we do that okay well typically in a non-pandemic kind of year i would say that you know you seek out experiences that don't cost money to replace the reinforcement or the thrill of having a new product that may or may not be necessary in your household, right? And if you go through your house and look at all these boxes you collect from each product, right, and they start to stack up, and we hold on to those things for some reason, right? Like, well, because of the warranty purposes or whatever, right? We think we need them, but chances are, when do you ever, ever use those boxes that you've collected? It's just a symbol of all the things we've spent and then we wonder where's our money we have no money for this no money for that well it's all around us we're, we're living in it all right so i think we can still do that um even though we're in a pandemic and we're stuck at home most of the time somehow we have to figure out a way 
to find other activities that are reinforcing besides buying, right? Besides, especially impulse buying or buying something that's... Now, what about the whole gift-giving routine during the holidays, right? How do we get out of that? Well, I think in order for you to... This is about survival, right? This is not trivial. So you have to change the rules, right? Remember, these are unwritten rules. Social norms are unwritten rules. There's no law saying that you have to buy a gift of a certain amount of money for every cousin and every niece and nephew that you have, okay? And so what my sisters and I do, and luckily I have sisters that are very frugal, so they kind of go along with this, is that uh, we do a secret Santa kind of thing. So each person is not buying a gift for everyone. Each person is buying a gift for one person. And there's a dollar limit. Sadly, I forgot who my secret Santa is. So I have no idea who I'm buying for, so that's really sad. So we came to the conclusion that if you forgot, then you just do some sort of gift card. Okay. <laughs> I'm so pathetic. Okay, so you see, so instead of, let's say, if you had 10 relatives to buy and you normally spend 50 bucks each, that's a lot of money, right, for most people. And, and you know, sometimes guilt motivates us to buy stuff. You know, it's like, oh, I really don't treat my child well. You know, they really could deserve this or deserve they work so hard at school. Maybe I should buy them a new laptop. You know, well, you don't have to get them a $1,000 MacBook, right? You know, for school, you can get them a Chromebook. You can get decent ones for 200 bucks. Or you go to sites like declutter.com, uh, buy something that's, a refurb, right, that has a one-year warranty. And that, that site happens to be for Apple products, but you can find these sort of everywhere. You don't have to buy brand new. Plus, it's, more, it's environmentally friendly to keep an older device in circulation than to buy something fresh off the assembly line, right, because those use more resources and energy to produce than something that's already out there, right? That's why I'll never buy a new car ever again, right? Um perfectly they're perfectly fine used vehicles out there you know we have a 11 year old honda odyssey minivan and you know I, I don't mind putting money into it for maintenance because it's better than it's paid off right so it's better than having a monthly uh, car note of three to four hundred dollars okay um okay so changing the rules that's one thing we can do and I think just having an honest talk with your fellow relatives about what you can do um, to be more um, uh, creative. Uh, instead of buying gifts, you can create your own gifts. Uh, we used to create food gift basket, baskets for each extended family. So each basket was for a family, like say my sister's family, my younger sister's family, my parents, right? Instead of per individual. And then you can be really creative about what you put in that food basket. You know, you can sort of buy some raw ingredients and make uh, like hot cocoa mixes and uh, snack mixes, that kind of thing, right? Um, that, you know, again, if you're very status conscious and you think you're going to be losing face, then I'm not sure what to tell you about that because um, oftentimes I feel like those kind of gifts show that you put in more effort than just simply swiping your credit card well, okay, figuratively speaking, online to buy something and have it shipped. Um, which one requires more effort? Ever since a young age, she was at a young age, we encouraged our daughter Emma 
when she was at school and going to a birthday party of her friends and you know you can also make something for them you don't have to we don't have to go to the store to buy something necessarily right and uh, she got that message she still does that today and she's a wonderful artist and she creates artwork in addition to maybe a small things she might buy for a friend friend for a birthday or for the christmas season right so there are many ways to make the holidays enjoyable by rewriting the rules for the family right remember these are unwritten rules so they can be changed and uh, find ways that are beneficial that are win-wins for everyone right for your pocketbook it's sort of like planning a wedding you know my wife and I kind of regret spending so much on a wedding even though we were technically frugal compared to most weddings but think about where that money could have gone right for a newlywed to start their life together instead of being in debt uh, for paying off a fancy wedding you know could have used it more for down payment toward a house or whatever but then again it has to do with the comparison of reinforcements right the thrill of having a fancy wedding and again for status reasons to feel good and all that kind of stuff to show off to our friends um, than it is to do something that doesn't having any glamour associated with it which is to increase your bottom line right your net worth now I think what could help in the reinforcement department is to use you know apps to your advantage such as banking apps or financial apps or investment apps and yes investments do go, go up and down but the longer you have them the more likely they're gonna go up over time and we're shocked by our investments that were pretty modest over the years and, and now um, I can't tell you how much it is but it, it's really uh, more than tripled what we put in right so if three out of four dollars is that the right way to put it you know basically came from earnings not so much you know I've, I've it's not so much the principal dollar amount right so I think that's what maybe a lot of young people are missing out on is the the thrill of investing and I, I recommend Motley Fool listen to some of their podcasts like Rule Breakers podcast and spend more of your mind thinking about how to generate some wealth rather than to spend your wealth um, right most material things we buy depreciate so my wife and I and we've passed this down to our daughters that every time we spend a dollar you know any money it's an investment right um, just bought a wireless keyboard right that's an investment I hope to use it for many years it's part of my work productivity I would use an iPad for work to replace a laptop that was broken right and uh, that was 10 years old so you know everything we buy even though it may depreciate over time is an investment what are you getting out of it right we bought a 25 year old class b rv camper van and we're putting money into it to fix it up to make it you know more reliable and more usable that's an investment right because um, given that or the choice of paying rent somewhere we'd rather have a camper van okay so uh and also pre-pandemic and even now you know we talk about how we want to have more experiences than things and so even during the pandemic and we were just in the process of moving from one place to another um we thought of ourselves as minimalists but still we had a lot of stuff so we have a lot of work to do here okay anyway so hopefully there were some practical ideas within my rambling about black friday
and uh, or buy nothing Friday, and and I'm guilty of buying something. I bought an instant pot for my mother-in-law. Oh, I shouldn't say that so loud. It's supposed to be a surprise. I'm gonna have to pick it up in a couple hours. And uh, speaking of immediate gratification, right? I bought it. When did I buy it? Yesterday? Maybe this morning. I can pick it up the same day. Well, there's no big deal, right? It's like walking into a store and buying something, but yeah, it feels like immediate gratification, right? But it was a necessity, you see, and I'm not living paycheck to paycheck, fortunately. So I don't expect people or advise people to buy nothing, right? Um, it's about achieving a sense of balance and uh, what works for you, right? So I'm not going to sit here and lecture people on consumerism and all that. I think there's there's got to be a part of that to keep the machine running, keep the economy going, right? Every company's big and small employ people. So we can see a company like Apple as a big faceless corporation, but they have a lot of employees, right? right? Uh, and, of course, it doesn't feel the same as buying from a mom-and-pop shop. So I, I advise people, and this is what I try to do, is to buy things that I normally would buy, but from small businesses if possible. Because I think in these trying times, they're more likely to go under than a larger corporation that has bigger coffers and, and all that. Okay, I think that's about it. I think I feel better now, now that my rant is over. So go out there, have a good day. Remember, it's not about buying nothing. It's not about buying everything in sight. I just hope you can uh, use a little bit of psychological information whoops, to... Uh, help you out this holiday season. All right, take care, folks. If you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on anchor.fm slash jackbteaching. That's Jack, the letter B, in the word teaching, and you can reach me on Twitter. My handle is also at Jack B Teaching. Thank you.